Hey guys, welcome to What the Freak. I'm very excited to have one of my best friends on today who I've known for, oh gosh, about almost 10 years now. Almost 10 years, yep. C coming up on the decade. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, super excited to have Taryn Emert. 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 I was about <laughs> to ask. I, I knew I just fucked it up. So I'm, I'm glad you corrected me okay. immediately. Uh, that's what friends are for, right? <laughs> yeah. Taryn Emert. It's okay. I guess we never really say each other's last names. Yeah, I like. I never say your last names. Like it's <laughs> Taryn. Yeah. Just Taryn being in her Taryn-ness. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah. So would love to have you introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you like to do? And uh, then we can dive in. Sweet. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, my name is Taryn Emmert. I am a AZ native. Um, I do a lot of different things for my career, mostly in the healing arts and creative arts world. I do massage therapy, sound healing, um, different forms of body work and energy work, um, as well as I'm a musician and an artist and just a lover of all things creativity, all things wellness, all things expressive movement. Basically love everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like probably the better question is like, what don't you do? <laughs> what don't you like to do? <laughs> that is the better question. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, one of the one of the ways that I most relate to you is in being a very multi passionate human being, um, very ADD mind, um, always trying something different, but also what I really appreciate about you and, and that I relate to for myself as well is that you don't just do a bunch of different things. Like you're not like a jack of all trades. It's like you actually are really fucking good at a lot of different things Thank and you, you really go deep into multiple different paths. And even more recently, I've seen you just on a whole nother level weave those paths together more and more. So I'm super excited to um, dive into that a little bit more. So maybe just share with me, you know, what what kind of comes up for you around the um, path of being a multi-passionate individual. Yeah, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like it's really only <clears throat> been the last year and maybe even last six months that I've really kind of made peace with this lifestyle as you know a superpower and like in alignment with who I really am I think I spent the last decade really trying to pick one thing and really feeling like a failure over and over and over again because I would get so excited about something and pursue it just all the way super super hard I have like two modes <laughs> I either do something or I don't um, and then I would either lose interest or get excited about something else or feel kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do. And after so many years of starting over career-wise or hobby-wise, I was starting to feel like, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't commit to anything. I'll never succeed in a career path. And it's so interesting because in the last six months, I really feel like I've stepped into that now as like this is what makes me special and this is what makes me unique and this is what lights me up is having, you know, 10 forms of income and 10 hobbies and to still be constantly like learning and, and growing and progressing and all these different things. Hmm. 
so, so what shifted for you in the last six months to a year that you feel like you've been able to embrace that more fully? I think just embracing myself and my uniqueness and just like really tuning out. I mean, it's easy to be like, okay, don't listen to the world, you know, the don't listen to the desires of like wanting a, to like make a certain amount of money or have a career that looks a certain way. But it's honestly really hard not to. It's hard not to feel like your value or your worth is based upon how much money you're making, how many followers you have, how successful you are in your career. And those messages are so subliminal and they're programmed, you know, over and over and over again over decades of your life. And so I think I really had to come to term with like how much stress that I was putting on that of this like one metric for success. And once I kind of A, shed that and then really was like, yeah, I'm going to learn to like embody who I am. Like this is really, really who I am. I think like the biggest shifting point was um, earlier last year, as you know, I did real estate school. (laughs) I was like, I was kind of grappling with this. What am I going to do with my life? And I was like, I'll be a real estate agent, which is pretty comical. (laughs) Now, most people that most of my friends and family were kind of like, okay, (laughs) that doesn't make any sense, but we'll support you. So I did that. I, I, you know, paid for school and I finished it and I spent months studying and memorizing legal jargon and real estate terms. And at the end of it, I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> this is horrible. This is not who I am. This is not what I want to do. And just, you know, doing some deeper dives, like through meditation and with plant medicine and some therapy, like really getting to the bottom of like a mainstream career or one career was never going to be never going to make me happy. I was never going to be happy with that. And so just really like shifting that mindset and just owning the fact that I loved doing lots of different things and I want to do lots of different things and I can make it happen. Like I can make a lifestyle where I get to nourish all these different parts of me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I really respect and, and relate to the path that you're on and that one of the last things you said really hit me, which was, that you don't, you, you, you were never really happy. You don't think you could actually be happy just doing one thing. Yeah, really, I can't. <laughs> and yeah, I fucking get it. Like, I so get that. Yeah, and it's very similar in that way. And, you know, and that's not to say that, like, you know, I think there probably are a lot of people who are built to primarily just do one thing and seem to be <clears throat> relatively happy with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think we're all built differently. And, and for me, you know, it's like I tried that and it just, I just noticed my natural inclinations. And I did even question, well, am I just distracting myself? And do I just need to like focus on one thing? Um, but no, there's like a very genuine impulse inside of me that like wants to do multiple things and understand how they work and see how they kind of fit together with each other and and just having that variety is so important for me to actually feeling fulfilled and happy and satisfied and and feel like I'm actually living up to my potential and utilizing everything that I can within myself and 
you know, I think there is something to be said about doing one thing, like focusing on one thing with a certain amount of energy and attention in order to go deeper with it. I think, you know, let's say in the long run, I want to be doing 10 different things all at the same time. I've tried the approach of, well, let me just do a little bit of 10 different things every week. And, and that hasn't usually worked out well. Um, but if I focus on just like a few things per week, it's almost like I, it's this balance of like, how do I have enough variety in the things I'm doing while not having so much that I'm spread too thin that I'm not actually able to like really be present with each of the things that I'm doing? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point and something to like also consider within this you know, idea or concept of multi-passion is that there does have to be some forms of discipline and focus, um, but it just can look a little bit different than, you know, having one thing. But for sure, there's been almost everything that I've pursued or learned, I've given that thing almost all of my attention at some point. You know, like anytime Mm -hmm. I've studied a new modality or learned a new art form or a new instrument, there's been months where that's my main focus. Um, But I've just learn to incorporate and kind of continue nourishing all the other pieces of me. I also feel like, and maybe you feel this way too, is that when I'm not, say I have like, you know, 10 things, 10 hobbies or <laughs> on a good day, <laughs> on a chill day, um, I genuinely feel depletion when I'm not nourishing Um, most of them when I'm not moving my body or practicing you know like yoga or trail running or if I'm not uh, creating for me that's like if I'm not creating drawing painting working with you know clay all the different um, mediums that I love I feel within me this like gap you know I have like dreams about it and I'm like longing to create or I'm longing to make music or I'm longing to be outside or I'm longing to learn something new and I feel like you have to listen to those pieces of yourself I think all of us are are multi-passionate in a way and we have all of these you know pieces of ourself we compartmentalize sometimes and they need nourishing they need food and fuel and you know that looks different for everybody but for me it looks like making time to create, making time to make music, making time to work on my business, working time to hone myself, my skills. And I feel that that gap or that dissonance when I'm not, you know, feeding or nourishing those pieces of myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely relate to that. And I I get so much out of um, expressing myself in a variety of ways, whether that's through through business, you know, business to me is a form of expression. Um, you know, I expressing my voice and my values and what I stand for in the world through how I run my business and through how I treat the people in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another more traditional form of expression is my rap. You know, when I'm yeah. freestyle rapping, like that's a whole nother type of expression and different pieces of me are called up to be witnessed when I'm doing that or to be expressed when I'm doing that. Um, moving my body in different ways is just like bringing out other aspects of me. And I feel like each of them are important. Each of them are valuable pieces of who I am. And I wouldn't be as full and whole of a person if I ignored those pieces, which I did ignore 
a lot of them for years. And I think mm. those pieces inside of me that were ignored were actually pieces of my depression. So I would identify mm. as depressed most of my years growing up. Um, I never got an official diagnosis, just as I, and until recently, never got an official AD, ADD uh, diagnosis, uh, which I did actually get that recently. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, you know, good to have a, a, a official confirmation of what I already knew. Um, I don't know that I'll actually ever even get a, a depression diagnosis, though, because I feel like I'm so coming out the other side of that that I don't know that it would even be a thing. Well, she actually kind of did partially a depression evaluation while we were doing the ADHD evaluation. And she's like, yeah, you." it seems like from everything you told me, you, that used to be a thing. But now, presently, with your answers, like it's not really a thing anymore. Okay, that's awesome. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, and, and, and I think that took many years of really uncovering and retrieving those parts of myself that I had lost or that I just didn't even know about. Yeah. And it's like the more pieces of myself that I find and, and find a channel, a way for that part of myself to express itself, to be seen and witnessed and, and to just be heard, um, then all of a sudden that piece of me that felt um, really heavy or down is a bit lighter. And I've seen that magic happen in my life over and over and over again when I start something new uh, where it's like, oh, like a little piece of me is is no longer in the dark. It's now like real, like it made it real. Mm, yeah, and, absolutely. And then it made sense why I was feeling so down because it was like I lost one of my pieces. best friends like and then I mm. rediscovered them and now we get to build a relationship with each other. Totally. I think I mean one of my like most heart-centered belief systems is like that we are all naturally creators, you know, following the pattern of life as we have been created. We are creators and that's I believe like when we are in our fullest potential and our fullest happiness is not just you know, creating in an artistic way, but creating our life, creating our passion. Um, but I think so much of us have been completely disconnected from that creativity and that can look like so many different ways of expression. But I think that is when we kind of can get into those darker spaces or depression or feel disconnected is because we are disconnected from our truth, from our source, mm. from our innate power and ability to like be creators of our own life be creators of expression and yeah I think the best thing that anyone can do for just their overall happiness is find a form to create in whether that's food or music or art or dance or movement or conversation or you know the way they dress or their interior design there's so many forms mm. of creativity and yeah when we stifle those pieces of ourselves i think we we just like dim our lights you know and can get into those darker darker spaces of disconnect mm. yeah it's 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 really you sharing all that is really making me think about how man there's so many people who just don't have either the space or even the permission to express themselves in more than just a very limited amount of ways. I mean, I yeah, know just speaking huge. for myself, it's like most of my years growing up, I just 
I didn't even know expression was like a thing. Um, I didn't know that it was important to share my voice and, and what was inside of me. Um, I didn't have a space for it. I didn't feel like I had permission to do that. I felt a lot of shame around my voice and being heard. And um, yeah, ultimately they're just, you know, I definitely had a supportive uh, family, um, but there wasn't, there was only so much encouragement or even understanding of how important that was to me. And maybe it's less important to other people, or maybe they just, you know, going going at it in life, find ways of expressing themselves that it just are kind of naturally laid out for them. For me, it wasn't really. Um, I had to kind of seek that for myself. I had to find that for myself, what those different pieces of me were that wanted to be seen, felt, heard, expressed. So, yeah, just really, um, yeah, feeling a lot of reverence towards where where each person might be at in terms of, you know, you may not even understand what it is that would really light your soul up. Um, yeah. You may not really understand what it is that's going to fulfill you or satiate you or, or what the path is in order to develop that part of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Having just access to those tools, you know, for sure, for sure. I mean, we both grew up very religious. I grew up Mormon. Mm-hmm. And you grow up Catholic, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, like, suppression that comes with that territory. It's not like you're growing up, you know, handed a microphone and a canvas and a colorful wardrobe and, like, express yourself. You know, it's very much there's a lot of kind of conformity that comes with that type of upbringing. Um, but, yeah, as you get older and you have access to things like classes and videos and, you know, you start to explore there's definitely ways to kind of yeah start to explore into that and I just encourage everyone to let go of what the western world teaches us that creative expression should look like we're we're taught that you should only draw if it looks amazing and that you should only sing if you can win American Idol and you Mm. should only dance if you're you know have all these incredible skills but we are robbing ourselves of all those pleasures of creating when we like put ourselves in the box of okay I should only do these things for the performance aspect instead of the process aspect you know of what it means to get lost in creativity or creating Mm. yo that's that's huge yeah that's huge I mean that's that's why most people don't create is the mental blocks that we put around it socially yeah that that's like a pretty big pressure to put on and we put that on like everyone yeah it's like don't do something unless you can be absolutely great at it and recognized for your high level of skill in something yeah I mean that's what kept me from doing so many things it still does but I you know tried to work through but even something as simple as like starting a blog I just started a blog I've wanted to do it for forever but I had this belief like if you don't have a certain amount of followers and readers like it's not successful and you shouldn't be doing this or if you post a cover and you don't have a certain amount of views like you know you should take it down (laughs) or like it's so (laughs) silly but those beliefs like sneak up into everything you know it's just like it's wanting to measure the success of our creation instead of just creating to to create Mm. yeah yeah that word like measure like measuring our success 
that's something I've really been considering a lot more lately. Um, even this podcast is a good example. It's like, you know, I'm getting like 10 to 15 views on YouTube <laughs> per, per episode right now. Um, and we put a lot of work and time and money and effort into um, putting this all together. Um, but that's not the reason that I'm doing it. You know, would in 10 years, I like my podcast to be, you know, reaching as many people as like Joe Rogan does. Like, sure, cool, <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, if we're genuinely providing amazing value to people and they get a lot out of it, then absolutely I would love that, love it to grow in that way. But that's not why I'm doing it. Um, yeah, and that's amazing. I've always respected you for that because you like, I feel like you're so heart-centered in your expression with your like rap and your podcast and just even like the things that you talk about on social media. It's like, I know that that's coming from a space of like you just feeling good about expressing. <laughs> like, like you want to just express the way you feel about things and you want to share your voice and it's not about the audience, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really respect that and honor that in your in your expression. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it it feels good. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a medicine for me just in sharing. And like no exactly. matter who else witnesses it or what they may receive from it, like it's worthwhile just in the expression itself. Like just in that process of expression, that process of creation. Like there is so much value, and that's been more and more my success marker that I really go by now. Is like. How did this experience make me feel? How did this experience make me grow? How did this experience shift my energy? And and would I want to do more of that? And you know, and would I want to do this in a different way or a bigger way or whatever it might be? And that's like more what guides me now rather than yeah, trying to get like a number of likes or views. I actually just got a shadow banned again a couple of days ago on on Instagram for a minute and. Um, but it, it's like, I don't, I don't even care. It's like, it's cool when like over 100 people get to view my stories, but even if just 10 or 20 people um, do, like it doesn't make a difference to like what I'm expressing. Um, I think there is something to, you know, I would like to express things and translate things in a way that others can receive more and more if it would be medicine for them to receive that. Um, but the expression in its of itself is really the primary focus. And even if, you know, I have, and that this has literally happened to me, like I've like had the most insane freestyle rap sessions and I didn't record it and I was, it was just me in a room. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that was wild. <laughs> and, and nobody will ever, ever hear that in, yeah. in their whole lives. And yet the expression was still worth it. And it was still amazing and it still, like changed me in some way and it had a positive effect on who I am. And and I know that there's there's always more in the tank, right? There's, there's always more there that wants to be expressed. Um, so it's almost like I now understand when people talk about like, oh, like it's not about where you get to in the journey. It's about the becoming. It's like, who am I becoming hmm. in this process? Yeah, process over product. That's like my my motto, process over product. product. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's like and and that's not to totally say that that the end result isn't important in some way, but it's just like, what is my relationship with that? And can I trust that in enjoying the process and more and more getting connected to the process that over time, like 
the end result, the end product is going to be more refined. It's going to get better. It's going to, you know, be something that if it's my intention that reaches more people and is, is medicine for them. Um, but that's not the primary focus. Maybe that's like a long-term goal is like, yeah, I would love for my expression to be a medicine for people. And first and foremost, it needs to be medicine for myself or a medicine also for like those that I'm co-creating with in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy to, I mean, getting attached to end goal and and dreams and things like that is can be such a crippling thing, right? To put all of our like success, our feelings of success in a long-term goal robs us of the current state, you know, and the current joy. And so it's so, I think, so great to have it's awesome to have goals and to want to like reach a certain amount but can you can you feel now what you think you're going to feel when you reach a hundred thousand followers you know it's like kind of collapsing that paradigm of like I have this goal to reach a hundred thousand followers what's that going to feel like I'm going to feel seen I'm going to feel complete I'm going to feel popular (laughs) like what all, all those feelings are and channeling that now you know, when you have two people, that's, I think, like, that's what's going to give you the most freedom in the end is being like, I'm, I feel, I don't need that to feel complete, to feel expressed, to feel seen, because I'm witnessing myself and my own expression, you know? Hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, you sharing that is really tuning me into kind of this feeling or this thread that I'm tracing back through most of my growing up years, which is how much time I've spent like reaching towards something or building towards something because I was after a feeling. It's like how many things have I achieved in my life because I was in a way like like running away from something like loneliness you know it's like i wanted to be great at something so i'd be recognized so i'd be seen so i'd be felt so i would be connected to and appreciated because i didn't feel those things inside of myself um despite having very loving parents and and despite you know having a relatively safe and supportive upbringing it's like i still felt this immense loneliness this immense um lack of being lack of being understood and i feel like nobody really saw me Uh, one of my friends actually one of our friends just texted me the other day and she was asking me she's like what does it mean to be seen she's like i keep hearing people say that she's like what does that what does that mean and you know, we had a cool little back and forth and I was basically like, you know, for me being seen is having someone see past the surface and really witness me in a way that most people wouldn't be able to recognize where my soul feels seen, where I'm like, ooh, like you really get me. Like, yeah. uh, you like get the pieces of me that others would just overlook or just looking at my external of my life like wouldn't they wouldn't get that or they wouldn't understand that about me um and i think that's just such a a huge thing and and i struggle with this whole like um people pleaser um 
you know, trap um, where I actually have this view and I haven't heard too many people express this. I'm curious how you relate to this, but I think there's actually something genuine within the desire to people please. And, and what I mean by that is there's this desire to be liked and, and to connect with other human beings and to be acknowledged and appreciated for what is great about us and what people mm. like about us. Like, I think there actually is, a, I think because for so many of us, that is generally such a negative experience um, as we become aware of it, of like, wow, like everything I do is just to try to like please other people or meet their expectations. And I think there is a lot of shadow side to that. But I think there is something genuine of like, oh, I just want to be loved. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just want to be seen, felt, appreciated. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to hear like, what is your uh, relationship with that that whole topic? Mm, yeah, that's a complex one for sure. Um, well, I think just like anything, there can be like a balance or there can be a, a detrimental point where it's, you know, causing you more harm than it is good because if you're in constant, you know, constantly seeking that love and you're doing all, you're sacrificing your own happiness, you're sacrificing your own needs and wants to get that from other people and then you're still not getting that, then you're creating this like really unhealthy cycle, you know, but I think, I think the core desire to be loved is so innate within anybody, you know, we everybody wants to be loved and and seen it's like our basic survival need you know and I think that I think there has to be a certain amount of that in our interaction you know like wanting to connect wanting to be loved and hopefully receiving that you know I think when you're in a healthy relationship that's meeting those needs without like a large cost like it can be like a low level of symbiotic (laughs) relating but yeah when there's that like overarching need that consumes everything else and you're not ever fulfilling that I mean also the the truth is is like no one can really meet that need you know like our self-love and self-approval is the only thing that can really like satiate that if it's coming from a wound that needs to be filled it may always stay you know always stay empty other people's approvals may be these like little band-aids but in the core if we're like desperate for approval and love that's usually like a lack of our own ability to like love ourselves and approve ourselves. I mean I can honestly kind of circling back to like the beginning of our conversation as I've gotten older and I've like done some therapy and <coughs> done some more deep diving around like okay why am I the way that I am or why am I super, you know, multi all over the place. I think it comes from like growing up in a household where I didn't feel seen. And I was always like, I'm going to be the best athlete. <coughs> Excuse me. You're good. Cough it out. <laughs> all right. Good. good. For now. <laughs> For now. Um, <laughs> and I have to cough. It's contagious. Anyway, but yeah, growing up kind of in the mindset of like constantly seeking approval, constantly seeking validation, wanting to be the best artist, wanting to be the best singer and best pianist Mm -hmm. and always being like, look how amazing I am. I'm like the best in my class and not really ever feeling like I had parental approval or like that, you know, validation or that love. I think 
that drove me to become that way, to constantly be pursuing things and wanting to be the best and like the most talented. And I think there was that shadow side of like, you know, being multi-passionate that it that it originally stemmed from not feeling like I was enough, not feeling good enough, not feeling talented enough or successful enough. And so, you know, shifting, I think the awareness around that is really huge for me to kind of understand, like, I've created this, like, loop of not feeling enough by being the most, (laughs) essentially, (laughs) just kind of messed up, but, like, creating this new relationship to that that's, okay, I'm now pursuing and doing all of these things because I love them and I love myself and I can, like, tell myself that I'm amazing and validate my own expressions versus doing these things for external validation. So kind of like, you know, all loops together, if you think about it in that way, it's like Mm. we, you know, expressing ourselves can often look like wanting external validation. And it's easy to want that, but it always has to come from within, you know, we're the only, we're the only real people that can self, that can source love, Mm. you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a big one too. It's, I'm like having flashbacks to like times in my life where you know, like running for example, it's like I <clears throat> worked so hard to be great at running because yeah, I wanted to be recognized. It's interesting though because I actually really appreciate the work ethic that was cultivated um, perhaps initially from maybe a misguided place um, where it's like I was seeking disapproval or validation or running away from something um, or just, yeah, like finding some way to channel these deep emotions that I didn't know how to otherwise Mm -hmm. express. And so I think I poured that into a strong work ethic and running in school academics and the extracurriculars that I did. Um, so I'm actually really grateful in a way, like it, it was kind of a gift, like like loneliness, I can actually see it as like a gift where it's like, if I hadn't felt that, maybe if I had just felt, you know, this baseline level of like love and appreciation and acceptance that I may not have been as motivated. Um, <clears throat> now, I think there's other ways to develop that motivation but yeah. I guess the very least I can do is just honor the path that I've been on and honor that there Absolutely. was some very positive things that came out of that. And in the long run, it wasn't sustainable. And as I continued doing my healing work, all of a sudden, like that motivation pool like was shrinking and I could actually no longer get motivation from like running away from loneliness or trying to mm. be validated by other people it just didn't even come anymore because those parts of myself were getting more and more healed. I didn't, I wasn't seeking anything from from that. So I think that's actually something I haven't really heard people talk about is like, what do you do as your uh, trauma-rooted motivations start to shrink? Like, how do you shift to something else? which for me was very unclear at first. Yeah. Like I, I actually like lost a lot of motivation and didn't really have anything to replace it because I didn't understand a different way to operate. Mm, I was yeah. so used to those well-worn patterns of 
where I drew my energy from and how I got things done that like as those went away, as I got more healed, I was like, what, how, what do I do? Where's my energy? How do I, how do, I do this? Uh, it was very disorienting at first. Yeah, what did you find like you ended up shifting to for your power source <laughs> <laughs> of motivation? Because I still, I still view you as a very motivated person. Sure. I mean, I think I, I, it shifted to, it, it more just comes from a place of being. So it's just, it's, it's who I am and the values that I uh, embody and, and seek to embody more fully. Um, so for example, like I really value human connection. I really value serving other people and, and like helping them to alleviate suffering in their own lives. I really value supporting others in evolving themselves and transforming and, and finding greater joy and peace within themselves. So those are some of the motivations that now drive me. Um, and also, and this is something that's still very much work in progress for me, is really noticing, you know, what feels good in my body and what feels good for me to do and, and how do I feel after an experience versus before it and, and just kind of using those, the intelligence of my body as an indicator for what's really in alignment for me and what's really nourishing and satiating for me, which oftentimes can be very subtle, especially at first. Um, so I think a lot of times now I just really have to lean deeper into my intuition of, you know, what seems like a worthwhile path to endeavor upon. And, and honestly, it does take me some time to really get deeper into something now. Whereas previously, there was so much just immediate reactionary energy I could pull up because there was all this trauma and emotions like that it was actually easier to get started and get out the door. It's actually, I'm much slower moving these days. Mm. And it takes me even like a few times to really lock in a habit sometimes, like CrossFit, for example. I started going to CrossFit for a few weeks, then I stopped for a couple of weeks. Then I went for a couple more weeks, yeah. and then I got COVID for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I went for a few more weeks, and then the last two weeks I actually haven't gone again because um, mm -hmm. my body is like taking time to adjust. I was like, like, my whole body was actually sore, and like it was actually like distracting just walking around each day because I yeah. was so sore. So it's such a new experience for me, a very whole body workout that. I think my body just needed a couple of more weeks to just like be like, okay, let's yeah, take a step back. Recover. Like I'm committed to this in the long run. I definitely want to. And it's like sometimes yeah. hard. I, I, can't, I can't force myself to do something unless it's in alignment with the other pieces of my life too. Yeah. And sometimes progress looks like that. You know, we're so like focused on this like linear progress of like, you know, improving in this amount of time and doing something for 30 days straight. But sometimes it looks like, you know, like I feel like you and I both have a very similar relationship to running now where it's like sometimes we run every single day. And I don't know if you're still running every single day. I was day for right like now. two or three months in the okay. last week. I actually took off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes it looks like that. And then sometimes you're super motivated and training for a race and like waking up and going hard. And then sometimes just like, not into it for a few weeks and i think that's okay like we're seasonal mm -hmm. beings where we focus our direction in different ways sometimes progress looks like this 
you know, up and a little bit down and a little bit up and a little bit down and then a little more up. <laughs> and it's like this little roller coaster, you know, and we have to like allow ourselves ourselves to ebb and flow with all of our passions and all of our projects and all of the things that we're working on. That's part of like being a multi-passionate person and living a multi-passionate lifestyle is like, it's not this clean, you know, having this ADHD lifestyle like it's not this clean grid it's not like I have 10 projects and I spend 20 minutes on them every single day (laughs) each it's like on Monday sometimes I do this and on Tuesday sometimes I just sleep all day and then um, some days my days look like wake up go on a run like make a green juice work for five hours um, play music for two hours like go do a sound healing like and it's a full day of productivity like take a cello lesson whatever it is mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's like for weeks I just don't do much you know and I think just really taking the pressure off of, uh, of ourselves to be we're not machines you know we we have rhythms that are seasonal and cyclical and with the day and with the month and some some days are you know, it just looks different. Progress looks different. It's not, again, with the measuring, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like, let's measure in a different way. Like, how do I feel? You know, mm. what do I need? Yeah, I, I, I love this piece that you're talking about on like the seasons and, and just there's a season for everything, right? And there's like yeah. a, a cadence and a rhythm to certain things. And I think there's also like an optimal path for each endeavor at any given time or phase in our life um and that's huge like like for example in my music you know i spent the better part of last year really like about 10 or 11 months working on one song literally just one song my my first song and um it was a lot you know because it was at least for me it was more than just making a beat and dropping some lyrics like it was an authentic expression of my soul and my life and my healing and my journey and and i evolved as the song evolved and it took a lot of energy to pour in there and and then finally we finished the song and then a few months later finished the music video and then had a release party in december and and then after that i actually went through a bit of like almost like postpartum depression (laughs) uh, (laughs) birthing this song and and still I'm like taking a bit of a step back from music uh, for the last like couple months really like month or two Um, and I've tried to like I tried like oh let's like get started on the next one and it's like no you can't force it it's just not there yet I'm not not ready and you know um, I think we we live in a society where it's like work 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 like just show up like every single day like and, and that's just not how everything works, at least. Maybe some things are more conducive to that, like consistency, showing up nine to five, five days a week. Uh, maybe that works for some people and yeah, for some professions. But for a lot of us, I think we all are, are trying to fit ourselves in this box that just doesn't quite work. Yeah, we, no, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, and it, it really makes me think uh, how important really the intuition is and that's mm. like one of the most powerful tools that I feel like I have on my tool belt these days is like my deep, deep intuition, which I still have a hard time trusting, right? Mm. It's like I still yeah. 
shame myself for taking time off of running or certain things at first, I think I catch it a lot quicker now and like give myself permission and acceptance. But, you know, I think each person only knows and, and, and your body only knows what you truly need. For me, this last week, I, my body was literally like, stop doing everything. Stop working out. Stop running. Stop taking all your supplements and vitamins. It's like there's mm. too much. There was too much input and it just needed time to chill and actually see what's happening inside of it it needed a finer tuning into what was going on in my body and like now over the last few days i've actually been experiencing like some more release and some more like deep buried sickness that's been like coming up Mm. to be seen and felt and understood and accepted and released and that only happened through me being willing to listen to my deep intuition and stop uh, just trying to like, well, I need to do this. I have to do that. I should be doing this because that just, it wasn't working and I just felt like a jumbled mess. Yeah. And you have to listen to that. I mean, that's how people end up a lot more sick, (laughs) you know, is maximizing and stressing out their nervous systems and their physical body for decades sometimes. And then they you know, have some serious internal issues because they never really allow their bodies to like recover or rest. Yeah, rest is hard. I think that's actually like, which is so silly, but it's the (laughs) hardest for people like you and I who love just like going hard (laughs) all the time. And I'm just, I had COVID last week, as you know. So that was the hardest part. It was like literally doing nothing for over a week and by nothing I mean nothing like I you know I got up to like make some soup at one point and I was like exhausted (laughs) I was like that wiped me out like I'm so tired or like there was a part of me that was like oh well I'll have all day to like paint and I like literally worked on art for like two minutes and was like I feel so sick like I need to go lay back down and just this yeah this message of like sometimes you need to just like rest deeply you know and just disconnect from all the things Mm. yeah yeah why is that so hard it's so so hard (laughs) and it's so simple right it's like oh i'm just gonna rest and then there's all these reasons why i shouldn't be doing that that come up all these reasons and all this like guilt that comes up well yeah the guilt everybody else is working everybody else is running around and really it's it's what good am i to other people if i'm not actually doing what's best for myself like i'm not i can't i can't show up in the way that i actually want to unless i'm taking care of myself in the way that i need and maybe some of my external circumstances prevent me from at least for now you know it's like i I can't really afford to just spend two months completely off. Like I have a lot of responsibilities. I have a lot of people who depend on me. I have a lot of projects that are in the works. Um, So it would be irresponsible of me to do that and would ultimately end up in a lot more suffering uh, for others because of me not showing up. But I can find those moments and create more space for myself from where I'm at. Maybe if I've only been taking, let's say, you know, 10 hours a week for myself it's like I could take 12 I could take 15 yeah I can find a way starting from where I'm at to increase and give myself what I need or I can you know like yesterday I 
canceled a couple of calls that I had scheduled because I really needed that extra time to just be with myself and rest and lay in my bed. And, and I feel so much better because I did that. And I'm going to be able to show up so much better um, to my commitments for the rest of the week because I took, took that extra time. like five, six hours for myself. Yeah, that's I think I've learned that lesson so many times is it's like you either like rest hard, take off a few days, allow yourself to heal or you're sick for twice as long Mm -hmm. and then you lose twice as much time, you know. So when the call comes to like, okay, you're sick, (laughs) like actually listening to it and being like, okay, I need rest. I need sleep. I need to yeah cancel my day or cancel my plans. Yeah. Yeah, and that that happens on the macro too, right? It's like people live for years ignoring health problems because they're just hustling, grinding, you know, whatever reasons they have to not slow down, to not listen to their bodies, to not, you know, invest in their health more now, um, whether that's through the food that they eat or different therapies or different, you know, whatever it is that's going to be supportive for them. The longer you put that off, the more you kind of build up this debt that eventually will need to be repaid. Um, But it's like you can be more proactive. You know, it's like someone might be really good at at investing their 401k and saving up financially and, and, you know, creating that cushion and abundance for themselves that sets them up for the future. But they may be completely ignoring investing in other parts of themselves now that will just continue to degrade over time. And they're going to end up really on a, a lifeline in certain ways if, if they don't invest in that way. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now at 31. Like, how can I invest in myself mm. in all of the ways that will yeah. set me up for a holistically, you know, abundant future that's healthy, I'm healthy, I'm thriving, all those things, rather than waiting 10, 20 years down the road till I have X number of dollars or X number of time or X number of achievement that I feel like I can finally give that to myself. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, I give that to myself a little bit more each day now. Yeah, prioritizing all all the things. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. I'm curious to hear a little more if you want to share, how has working with uh, plant medicine um, affected you as a multi-passionate person? Mm, great question. Um, well, I, I do think that sitting in ceremony um, with ayahuasca was the first time that I really, really saw the value in the way that I am, that I completely shed all of the fears and doubts around like having ADHD and like I saw like my brain (laughs) and its complexity and it's you know kind of all over the placeness and I had always viewed it as this weakness and um, sitting in ceremony like I so clearly saw that it was this like beautiful fluidity of the mind like that it was this complex like multifaceted expression and that it was like awesome (laughs) it was like you know I think you were there during that experience I think we shared after but yeah just being like having this experience of being like oh I'm such a I'm such a Terran like I'm so (laughs) Terranish and like that's what makes me so awesome is my Terranness and part of that Terranness is like just being someone who 
is super passionate about a lot of things and that there's this that it's very possible to live a life where I'm pursuing a dozen different things and I'm interweaving them all you know I've been kind of figuring out how to like interweave them together but yeah just seeing that it's possible Mm. and it's beautiful and Mm. it's like special and unique and not you know we believe like we're broken there's something wrong with us because the world doesn't cater to the way that we think or move but it doesn't mean that it's wrong Mm. it's just understanding it yeah, yeah, because the world never told you that that was, like, a, a thing, like, that, yeah. that you should embrace or that – because I, I experienced a lot of that, too, where it's, like, I didn't experience that validation or encouragement or, you know, awareness that, that the way that I'm built is actually a gift. Yeah, and exactly. it's just I'm just – built differently than a lot of other people yeah and in fact you're taught it's a weakness you're taught you need medication and like instead of just learning like okay here's some tools to be able to focus and here's some tools to be able to like work on five projects versus ten projects or you know under Mm. just understanding it yeah there was just not even conversation around it and i mean i'm fortunate that my my parents and especially my mom never saw how I functioned as like a handicap. She refused to see it that way. Um, and she refused to medicate me, which I'm very That's grateful great. for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she saw it as a gift that she's like, I just wanted to give you everything I could to help you to cultivate that and to play to your strengths. And, you know, I think there was a degree of, there were certain pieces that were ignored that um, did eventually need addressing, but it's like, can only do the best you can as a parent. <laughs> exactly. um, so thank you, mom. You did great. Um, yeah, but it's like I never, there was never like a growing up, you know, here's what to do if your mind is goes in a thousand different places. Like, Yeah, here's a basic meditation <laughs> principle to like observe your <laughs> focus. And I mean, imagine all of the thousands, if not tens of thousands of kids prescribed Adderall. Just like mm. literally mess. Yo, it's, you know that shit's intense. It's I, intense. I, I I tried it for a couple of months more uh, last year, and I couldn't do it after a couple of months. It was. I mean, imagine your development. You know, your developing brain as a child taking that every single day for sometimes years. You know, while you're still developing. Like that's how we treat ADHD in this world. <laughs> We're like, let's give you drugs, hard drugs. <laughs> It, yeah, it doesn't seem like a very healthy, mature <laughs> no. solution. Like, it seems like we don't know what to do with you, so just literally take these drugs. Literally just take this. Yeah, it's basically math. That's that's wild to me that we do that to our it's kids. It's crazy. Like, it's insane. And I would um, venture to say that even the majority <laughs> of children have an AD, I think it's just ADHD now, diagnosis, you know, but yet we're cramming them into these I mean you know that's a whole other conversation is the education system but you know it's it's the way that we first learn to interact with our minds mm. and to demonize the way that our brains work yeah uh, this picture that's coming to me right now is almost like we grew up in a world where we were told to mold ourselves to the system that was created and to fit yes. within the system that was created rather than the systems in our outer world molding to us. 
And I feel like that's a huge disservice to especially like young growing humans to not really deeply evaluate, you know, if so many kids aren't able to function within the system you have built, maybe the system maybe needs to change. Maybe something's wrong. <laughs> not a genius, but something doesn't seem quite right. Well, it's like, why are we making the kids wrong rather than the system wrong? Why, yeah. why, are, why aren't we changing their environment and the ways that we learn and the ways that we teach kids? And to realize that, like, I wonder how much of that diagnosis evaluation process is really just saying, oh, you're a kid and your yeah. mind is imaginative and you don't like to sit in a chair for eight hours a day. It's like, why don't we have those simple thoughts and discussions right. and why do we ignore that? That's, it's, it's weird. It is weird. It's super weird. I mean, there are some, you know, alternative learning programs and schools out there, but there's such the minority but um my little sister she's seven big age gap as you know surprise baby um but my mom I would say she's I don't I mean maybe she's ADHD probably but she's definitely has she's super brilliant but just high energy high strung um yeah attention deficit for sure but my mom enrolled her in this um art school and they learn everything through art science Mm. math everything is learned through art and it's so awesome they have like gardens and they have like dogs on the campus and like she's thriving she's killing it she's Mm. so happy she's doing so great and it's like yeah taking in someone who is alternative in their learning and putting them in an alternative learning school and then watching them thrive you know Mm. because they have the proper tools to learn in the way that their works for their brain Mm. Man, I wish I had something wish like I that. Had that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> I had a gifted education class once a week, and that was always great. Nice. Um, I felt like it was a day off from school, from typical school, yeah. where I could actually, it was just like fun, you know? And I got to stretch my mind in do, new and different ways. There wasn't so much focus on like the test scores and things like that, uh, which I conformed to. And I was, you know, I was a good test taker and everything, but. I just didn't have room for my mind to just unfurl and explore and and be curious and imaginative. And I feel like there's just so many uh, people in our our generation who just grew up in such a like kind of like cut and dry system. It's like unfortunate, you know. Um, So, yeah, I'm uh, glad to hear that plant medicine really helped you to just come to a deeper acceptance for how you're built and yeah absolutely like I really I really pray that more and more creative powerful humans can find that deeper acceptance for the different passions they have and the different pieces themselves that they want to explore and I think even to a degree you know all humans need different important things in their life to be fulfilled like we're not one-dimensional beings like we are all yeah. multi-dimensional beings Absolutely. and you know we're not we're not we're, we're we're past the age of the factory worker where you just all you do is work for 12 to 16 hours in a day and then you know maybe have dinner with your family and go to sleep and go go to work the next day it's like there's so much more opportunity available so much more possibility so much more opportunity on how we can be like fully expressed fully satiated fully nourished human beings that just 
wasn't really even capable on the scale that it's possible now for us. Yeah, that's so possible. There's so many classes and courses online and in person, and we have access to so many tools and so much information. And yeah, it's it's prioritizing. I think that's the hard thing is we also have so many other things distracting us, <laughs> AKA social media and our phones. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll see how many hours that I've spent on my phone in a week. And I'm like, oh, I could have been like, imagine I was doing like Spanish lessons for an hour a day or cello lessons for an hour a day. Like I would have, you know, I would be so much more progressed in this if I was utilizing my time well. So, I mean, that's a huge part of it, too, is just we have access to all these things and all these opportunities. It's like prioritizing that. Hmm. Taking time to learn, taking time to grow in these different areas, you know, signing up for a class or having a art night with a friend or a rap night or, you know, going to an open mic. Yeah. Um, my last question for you is what, what would you say to someone who is looking to uh, really embrace their multi-passionate nature more fully? Like what advice would you give to someone who maybe has struggled with that in the past, either because they feel like they didn't really have the permission to do that, or they've attempted to um, pursue multiple passions, but hasn't quite been able to like figure that out for themselves in the way that they would like to? Mm, Good question. Well, I think Maybe there's like two different kinds of groups of people I'm thinking of, but A, if there's people out there that want to explore different passions, I would just really encourage them to go for it. You know, take a class, find a teacher, take guitar lessons, take an art class, go to an open mic, um, just make it a priority to like nourish those things. and. For someone who already has a lot of existing passions is to like get clear on what get clear on why you're doing those things if it's bringing you joy if you're doing it for obligatory purposes and if it's bringing you joy and it's in alignment then prioritizing that making time to nourish all those aspects of yourself and accepting that it's okay to have a lifestyle that looks a little chaotic sometimes, <laughs> you know, like it's okay to to have a little ebb and flow in your day to day and to feel like you want to do more than one or two or three or four or five things. <laughs> <laughs> Just like giving yourself permission to be to be fully complete as that, you know, like completion doesn't look like one master's degree in science. Maybe it looks like 10 mini degrees and almost mm. a killing <laughs> mm. who knows you know allow it allow the way that your life looks to be perfect as it is mm-hmm. wow that's beautiful embrace the chaos embrace the chaos <laughs> <laughs> there's it. there's everything has order you know it just feels like it doesn't sometimes i also think like as a general tool like it helps me a lot to like write write out all of my things and then it feels like sometimes a little less chaotic when I'm like oh I have all these things I want to do and pursue I'm like okay here's the list of like my 
my instruments I want to nourish, all the different art forms I want to nourish, like my business things, my movement things, travel things. And then I like have it all on paper and then I can like simplify. Okay, let's pick like one music thing, one sound healing thing, you know, so just kind of like condensing a little bit that way I feel like I can kind of organize the, the chaos mm. a little bit more, if that makes sense. Get it, get it out of your head and get down, it out of your, down yeah. to some paper. Absolutely. That's like such a big tool for me. Totally. Because sometimes in your head, it's like a lot more chaotic than it really is. It's like when you get it on paper, it's like, oh, I was stressed out about four things. Like I can handle four things. But when those four things are just like zooming around in your head, it's like, I'll never <laughs> solve this algorithm. <laughs> Because it may just be four things, but they're on infinite loop rotating exactly. in your mind. And now it feels like endless number of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Take take the chaos and make it a little more finite. Yeah. And simplify. Simplify where you can. Dope. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Super absolutely. fun uh, exploring this topic with you and just always a pleasure connecting. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How can uh, uh, people connect with you? So my social media is, my Instagram is it underscore up, Taryn it up. Hey. And I also have a website, TarynUmber.com, where I have a blog where I share like healthy recipes and healthy lifestyle things and also all my creativity. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. <laughs> cool. And if you, uh, if you live in Phoenix, definitely stay tuned for the uh, s- incredible sound healing journeys that Taryn facilitates with her musical partner who actually just had on the podcast as a guest, uh, Zoe. So yeah. you guys have come, one coming up on Sunday, I think, right? We do. We have one on Sunday at the Churchill and then another one next Sunday at Budabelli or Budabella. So Dope. some events coming up. I think both of those will probably have passed by the time this is published. But <laughs> yeah. I, I know that you do these on a semi-regular basis. So. Yeah. If anybody's interested in attending sound healing events, they can follow me on social media and stay tuned for more upcoming events. And I also want to plug my uh, monthly open mic. Yeah. So I host a monthly open mic archipelago that is a micless open mic. So it's really centered around free expression and support and love and um, not around performance necessarily, but a safe place for people to come and express their voice, share their their medicine. Mm. So you can also find more information about that if you follow me, tearing it up on Insta. That's such a beautiful space you create, and and I definitely feel like we need more of that space where, yeah, you can just come and express and maybe for the first time be, like, witnessed in that expression and that vulnerability. Like, that's – it's so powerful, and it's just such an honor to be in that space with you and and witness your facilitation of that and just, yeah, appreciate you on so many levels. So thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. All right, y'all. Well, have a good one. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.